Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I feel like I uh, I almost said seven years of Tops baseball cards, which would be uh, dramatically less interesting than 70 years of Tops baseball cards. But I'm sure that the last seven years of Tops baseball cards have also been excellent. Uh, I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. We're here to talk Cubs on Onto Waveland. I say that like with a drag. We're here to talk Cubs uh. because, uh, you know, you guys know if you're listening, you know that it was not a good stretch since the last time we got together. Uh, you want to sum it up, Sahadev? You want to you want to give that a it? You know, like but, I don't mind doing it always, but you know, it's yeah, no, sad. no, it it's, was. It's not a great. It's not a great job when the Cubs uh, are coming off four straight <laughs> just bad losses. It was uh, Thursday morning when we last chatted, I believe, and, and the Cubs then uh, no-hit the the Dodgers, and it seemed like, ooh, maybe this 10-game road trip won't be a, uh, as as rough as everyone thought, and uh, the four straight losses, I'd say, I'd say two of them uh, were, were competitive, three of them were really competitive, and two of those three, the final score doesn't really show how competitive they were. So you're including uh, last night? I'm including last night. I think last night was a competitive game until yeah. that eighth inning. I mean, that that was a really dramatic game. Uh, some tough losses here. I think, I think it's going to uh, kind of skew a lot of views and, and and I'm doing my best not to not to just completely jump off uh and, and say it's time to sell uh I think there's a lot of factors going on here that we'll discuss over the next 20 minutes or so uh but but there's just it, it, it I don't think it's fully representative the losses of just of the gap between the Cubs and the Brewers right right now we're at four games and the the Brewers are playing a pretty simple schedule. The Cubs are, are competing their butts off against a really tough schedule while they're banged up. And and it, it just, it, you know, they've hit this rough patch at the end of the month. And it just feels like, uh-oh, here we go. This is what we all expected, just a complete June swoon. And I, I don't think it's truly a June swoon. I think it's just a brutal schedule that that's a little bit over the top when you really look at it and, and the difficulty of the pitchers that they're facing. And you combine the issues of that we've been talking about all season with the starting pitching and then the offense going back in this funk. And then, and now it seems like the, the biggest issue that I'm a little concerned may, may linger is, is that the, we're starting to see some of these bullpen arms tire. Uh, so that's, that's where they sit now, four games back kind of in a, in a difficult spot, but also, about to get out of this really difficult uh, schedule and, and maybe turn turn it back on. Well, I think this next month will be just as important as this past month as far as, uh, you know, can they do what they're supposed to do? Well done. Good summation of where things stand. I think um, the money quote, if I uh, can regurgitate it well enough from what you said, is that I am also not ready to like immediately jump and say, okay, time to sell. And I think the key word in there is time. Um, and it's both because what's happening with the Cubs in terms of their results over the last two weeks is related to the schedule. It's related to who they're facing. It's related to their injuries, all of which are going to change because that's the nature of baseball, but also related to who the Brewers are playing. I mean, 
credit appropriately to them that one, they've beat up on the Cubs this year. If 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 this if the series between the two teams had gone differently, this would already look different. Um, so kudos to them for that. And then they have, um, I think you you described it charitably. I'll be less charitable. It is the most joke of a stretch of a schedule I can remember seeing. <laughs> like in my, I've been I've been covering the Cubs for thirteen years now, and I cannot remember a time when I and I, which means I obsess about opponents' schedules. I'm I'm like a scoreboard watcher to a ridiculous degree. I cannot remember the last time I saw a schedule for like a month and a half where it was like every bit was favoring a team. So it's like the worst possible teams playing at their worst possible ability, using their worst possible pitchers, and the home road division of them is like perfectly... I mean, it is really something magical that the Brewers have been... Uh, granted by the baseball gods during this stretch. and um, But, again, where you have to land on the kudos is if you get a joke of a stretch, you should win a lot of games, and they are. So you package all that together with the Cubs' um, situation and the losses this weekend, and you say, that's not a reason that I'm unrealistically optimistic about both sides of that equation turning over the next few weeks. It's just a reason that I'm like, not committing here on June 29th to saying there is no chance the Cubs will be around first place in a month from now. That's and like with with all appropriate love to the fans who are reacting in the moment of a historically bad loss. I loved that, by the way, that made me feel much better about that loss that the Cubs had never been tied in a game going into the eighth inning and then given up 10 plus runs to lose. That had never happened. And so like all of our feelings about that and how egregiously bad it was, we were correct. You've never seen anything that bad. Um, so I appreciated <laughs> that. But with all due love to the fans that do react that way in a game like that, um, I think it's, I think it would be silly to say that you know for sure at this moment that this is a team that absolutely is going to sell or should sell um, because we just don't know what it's really going to look like in three weeks. And I think I said this on Twitter last night. All we really know now, what's been decided, and I'll, I'll gauge your reaction to this, Ahadev, is being a notable early buyer is probably off the table now. Now I don't think you could justify really giving up much of anything of value to bring in like a a starting pitcher in a market that's already tight as hell. I mean, it's it probably getting anybody to eat innings right now would probably cost you something notable. Um, I don't think that would be justifiable. Whereas maybe four or five days ago, I would have said otherwise. And so, so like for me, that's a really big swing in just four or five days, but on a pretty modest point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people, both with the Cubs and, and around baseball. So this is just like information tidbits I've gathered over the past week, 10 days, just, just in general, like trying to get an idea of the trade deadline, not just the Cubs, but just how teams may be working. And, and everyone kind of is saying like, I don't think this Marlins trade is, is an indication that things are going to get kicked off and we're about to see a, like a flurry of moves. I, my, my read on things talking to people around the game is that uh, especially the pitching, the starting pitching is going to take until like closer to the deadline, which I think, pro you know, you can, you can look at it two ways, right? The Cubs need a starting pitcher now, right? 
uh, and maybe that's Trevor Williams. I don't know. Uh, but they, they they definitely need help now to keep this thing uh, afloat and, and to get on a run. Uh, but but they also need time to figure out what they are because I think it they're I you know I I I probably lean in harder on they can't be sellers than I truly believe right they they kind of you know there's a lot of arguments to be made of why they should be sellers and I get those I'm not blind to the fact that there's a ton of free agents that if they don't win the World Series this is going to look bad and. Uh, if not immediately in the long run, it could it could look really bad. It could hurt this organization for years down the road uh, if they don't if if they make mistakes over the next month. Right. This is kind of a critical period. I guess we say that a lot. Uh, maybe every, maybe that's just true all the time. But this feels like especially true every single right day now. is like yeah. just immensely critical. <laughs> <laughs> but but this next month uh, plus right until we get to to July thirtieth is going to be really interesting for this franchise and and how they how things look not just in twenty twenty one but beyond. Um, but the feeling I got was the Cubs aren't going to a they were never going to be aggressive buyers that just wasn't in the cards that didn't you know something would have to be very different. I would think they'd have had to stay healthy this month and, and just really dominate. And say, like, look at how good they are, right? Uh, we didn't even mention that they had two West Coast trips, came back home late at night after both of them, and then got their butts kicked the next day after coming home at four in the morning, right? So those those are some tough things there, too, uh, that we didn't even account for. It's just a really – it was just a really tough stretch. I think we'll, we'll learn more about this team as they get healthy, and I think uh, – just trying to be buyers, if that's going to be a thing for them, it's just they're going to be patient with it. They're waiting it out, too. They're going to see how this looks. Uh, you know, I've even wondered, can they can they buy now? Uh, can they can they try and pick up a pitcher in the next week or 10 days? And then if, if things don't turn, do they do they become sellers still? Can that still happen? Yeah, I, that that's possible. But that's also a lot harder to do pull off than it is to just you know than for us to talk about it right that that's not as easy it's it's kind of like the whole idea of can they be contenders and 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 buyers and still trade Craig Kimbrell sure you could talk about that but there are so many ins and outs that that involves and intangibles that we we can't really even fully grasp that that makes it almost impossible to to pull off so there there are certain things that we can talk about and and like would be like wow that'd be great if they could do that just not sure if it's realistic or, or if it's something that's even possible to pull off can i just uh pause on that kimbrel point for a second just because i see i've seen it written about a lot and i've seen a lot of people talking about it and some people were asking me um about it this morning and the in addition to what you're alluding to which is like it's great in theory to suggest, ah, you know, we'll trade this guy and we'll buy this guy and we'll arbitrage and we'll actually end up with more talent and we'll be even more competitive. The reality of doing that, um, not only is you've actually got to pull all of that off, which is quite difficult, but then also these are real humans in a clubhouse working together and the dynamics get affected by things like that that actually make you potentially make you worse for the wear. Set all that aside. Here's my problem with it. Um Say, Sahadev, do you remember 2016? It was a pretty, pretty big year. Some good stuff happened, right? Uh, you had a Cubs team that knew they were going to be making the playoffs. 
And what did they desperately want more than anything? Because it's the most valuable thing you can possibly have in the playoffs. Shut down reliever, right? Yep. So you're telling me your idea is to trade away Craig Kimbrell for talent and still, quote, try to compete, because which means what? Make the playoffs? So your whole point is to give away the one thing that would be the very most valuable thing that would could be a separator for you if you do make the postseason. Yeah. What in the world is the point of that? I, I really Especially don't get with that. The, the way this team is built, right? Because yes. the, right now, I mean, if you want to make an argument for them to buy and them and and you know, I think the end game then is I believe this team has uh, has a way to get through the playoffs. That way to get through the playoffs and make some noise is going to be with their bullpen, right? Uh, which you know, I'm starting to. I, I want to see the next, you know, two weeks how Ryan Tapera does, and and even Chafin and even Kimbrel, right? I I, I want to make sure that that this isn't. Uh, they've they've already been used too much, especially Chafin and Tapera. Those are guys I want to say are like two and three in in appearances in the game. Uh, so yeah. It, you can't, it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I, I've tried to go through that. I, I'm like, I wonder how it would work. I wonder if it's possible. And, you know, a, a month and a half ago when, when it was like, oh, maybe Rowan Wick comes back at the beginning of June and, and it's just lights out and everyone's like, yep, there it is. That guy, that's the guy we remember when he was healthy. Well, that's out the window too, right? That that's not happening. So so even even that outside chance is is gone of, of Rowan Wick coming back and being this dominant force and and kind of making us feel like okay there there's the heir apparent to Craig Kimbrell he's right there and and you still have this trio uh, you know this so-called trio of great relievers and 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 you can trade Kimbrell that's not happening so there isn't even wild theories like that can't be pulled off now so it's it just doesn't make sense. It's it's not possible. I I think if they're going to sell, they're they're sellers. If they're trading Keg, Craig Kimbrell, <laughs> they're sellers. Craig Kimbrell sounds like yeah. that was his name in college when he was yeah. like just a big drinker. He's doing kegs. Keg, keg, keg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's. It, you know, I, it's fun to think about these I like, things in sorry, theory. Sorry, I got to interject again. I like how you said exactly in the same voice that if I had made like a really good point, you know, it's yes. like, oh, it's no. talking about his FIP and made a really exa- – oh, yes, exactly, exactly. No, Whereas great point. I was – Craig, Craig, Craig. Big, yes, big yes, drinker. Exactly. <laughs> big drinker. Yes, exactly, exactly. Good, po- good point. Good point. Uh, there's just uh, no way to thread that needle. That's not a realistic idea. And, and you know, a lot of this stuff that, that we like to throw around in theory just can't is it doesn't work in, in baseball in with real lives involved and, and people who would be pissed off about it in that clubhouse and, and, you know, just wouldn't be able to let go of the fact that that looks like a, a move, a team that's not trying to win uh, would make. I'm surprised they've been able to talk past the U Darvish Victor Caratini trade for the you know same reason, and that wasn't even in season. So that's 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 the main difference, um, and because they don't want to implicitly be talking bad about Zach Davies, who you know he's he's actually he's been fine. He hasn't been he has not been I think the best version of what anybody would have hoped necessarily, but he's actually been on a run since the start of May. When I mean he's got like a what, a 280 ERA? And that includes that blow up against the Marlins. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So, uh, Sahadif, here's the question. I, I don't know. This, this sort of became the theme of this episode, but I, I think it's appropriate. Not because it's like the thing you have to talk about in late June and all throughout July, because I don't want us to like only talk about this all for the next month. But I think it is an appropriate checkpoint now, because as you mentioned, the Marlins and Blue Jays did that trade and it does sort of open up the question like, okay, are we starting to see some seller action? The Cubs dropping these four games, falling a decent clip back in the central. Here's the question for you. If you were putting dollars on it, what is your percentage belief that the Cubs are going to be sellers by the end of this month. You go in and you can do a percentage if you want, or you can go two to one. You can go, you know, where, where are you placing that? That they're going to be. And when I say sellers, I don't mean just like standing pat. I mean, trying to explore deals and, and find a taker for, um, you know, reasonably valuable shorter term players. As oh, we sit man. here today, yeah. no one's going to hold you. Yeah. It's, it's it's fine. I mean, you're putting money sure. down on this, by the way. Like you're going to owe me, <laughs> but no one else is going to hold you to this um, okay. because you're not a new okay. you're not a new user at BetMGM, so you're, you don't qualify <laughs> for the special deposit offer. Anymore. I mean, I'm going to cop out and say fifty fifty. It I, is not fifty fifty. Get out of here with your fifty. Give me trickle one way or the other. Come on. You think it? I mean, I think the next two days are huge. Uh, I think. Uh, okay, then you, you know, know what? I'll being here. I'm gonna give you the hedge. Four out and being two out all Let all me, completely well, change the math. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, foist you on your own petard there, and I'm gonna say fine. Let's say the Cubs win the next two. What's it look okay. like? Let's say they split it, and let's say they I, lose the next two. I'd say it's. I, I'd put it at like thirty percent that they're sellers uh, if they win the next two. Know, if the if they win the next two, I mean they're only two out. Uh, it's tough that they have trouble with the Reds. I know that the Reds are pesky. Uh, I still think that I think a lot of this will be confidence for them if they can win these next two. Uh, I also think if they win the next two, there's we're going to see some some turning with the offense. I think that's going to be a big key. Uh, I'm really keeping an eye on like a guy like Ian Happ. Uh, just little things like that. Uh, I shouldn't say little things. They're, they're pretty big things. I mean, who is playing well on offense is, I mean, is going to be huge, right? Over the next, uh, until they get really healthy, we know what's going on with Rizzo and their pitching gets a little bit more fortified. And that, I, I think Trevor Williams helps that. I think Justin Steele would help that. So I think little things, you know, guys coming back will, will help over the course of July. You win these next two games. It's, I mean, you're going to have to have a pretty, uh, ed, you know, like what? It, it would have to be like an average July or terrible July, right? Uh, and I don't see uh, like an average July. I just don't see that happening with the way this schedule is unless they just are a different team and, and we're a bit, we were blinded by May. And that's possible. I'm not ruling that out either. I just don't think it's true. And I've and I know we've talked about this a lot. I re- like. It's just really hard for me to believe that we've talked about this offense for years, right? We've talked about what they're missing. We've talked about all of that for so long. And then they add those elements 
and for a month they look like they did when they were at their peak in 2016 where they you know they weren't I shouldn't say that they not their peak in 2016 where they were just like clobbering the other team and just grinding uh, opponents starting pitchers into the ground those first what three months of, of 2016 that offense was just in a groove that we've never seen really uh but maybe a step below that and everything was clicking i'll, I'll admit to that the, uh, the the hot players were hot i mean the the superstars were hot and and duffy and nico were hitting and and every and jake marisnik was crushing every fastball that they threw him in the in the zone so so a lot of things were going right but i also don't think they're i, I think they're much better than they are now on offense when those guys are in i i know people are just like you can't say that nico horner and matt duffy are that important they it's there's just something about adding that element, especially to this particular lineup, that really changes the way everything works. So as long as they get healthy, as long as they get Nico, especially Nico, I mean, just get Nico back soon, and things are going to look a lot different. You have to, of course, Rizzo's back is is a big question mark right now. So we we need to we need to keep monitoring that. But it's a it, this isn't the team that we're seeing in June is just trying to get through this month and and somehow stay in the race and then and then hope to get healthy and then hope for reinforcements at the end of the month that's fair i'll uh you know i i i um give you grief but i also probably would have wanted to slate it around 50 50 as we sit here today um but i also agree with you i think you make a good point that it's it's weird to say this and i think be right about it that in a 162 game season, two games can really make such a big difference in your perspective on what is likely to happen or not happen. And I think that if the Cubs were to win these next two games, you're two back. I think it's just so unlikely that they will fall far enough back by the end of July that they're going to be a big seller. I just I think that's very unlikely. Uh, like Sahadik said. I, I'm- I'd say they're hovering around that number where Jed has to decide are they sellers or buyers, right? Like not, four... you know, if they're alone in second place, pretty clearly, you know, where where you can yeah. feel comfortable that they're not going to get usurped by a team behind them. But they're three games back. I just don't see it. I don't see. I don't selling. see them selling at three. But then, like, I know it's just a game difference. But like, I know. you start to get to four, you start to so question that's the it. Over Five. Under. <laughs> yeah, I think. I yeah. think four is the over under. I think four is where you say like, I don't know. I think five. You're there like by J- July twenty eighth. They're sellers. You know, it, it's it is. It's it's just a tiny, and and of course how they look. Right, well, like what, that's what's the going thing. on? Let's uh, let's, let's put state to, that you know, we need context. To yeah, it let's as well. add that explicitly. We're implying that, but this is a different conversation. If this was a team that was expected to be a juggernaut, and it was like, oh, it's just sort of fluky that the standings are the way they are. We believe that this team is fantastic. That's not the case. There's a lot that we like about this team. We think maybe the bullpen's legit, but like it, the rotation is a very real concern that's not going away. The the nature of this offense might be a concern that's not going away. And so that informs exactly what's hot. saying that it is like right at that four or five game mark that I just think it would be, I think it's not hard to justify selling, you know, if you're at that level with this team and given the context of who's a free agent, what's going to be happening in the future with the farm system, like all that kind of stuff. I think, uh, you know, four, three, two, anywhere tighter than that. I think you get excoriated as like another white flag situation, fair or unfair. So that's why, yeah, these next two games are going to make such a disproportionate difference, especially because the swing, you know, from two games out to six games out is 
uh, a really huge difference. And so uh, the Cubs caught a little bit of a break in game three. It won't be Corbin Burns going. He got pushed back to the uh, Pirates series. I really, I really wanted to see how that spin on his, on that. I mean, the data, it would be interesting to see what it looks like. And we'll see it with Woodruff too. Cause again, by the data, his spin rates way down, but he's had some absolute gems even after. And so, and we know that we've said that this isn't, it's not about being accusatory. It's just pointing out the relationship between the sticky stuff enforcement and the data and then the performance thereafter. And so, um, yeah, if the, if the Cubs could steal this one against Woodruff tonight, then I think, you know, you start to feel uh, a lot better, but I do, I wouldn't, I don't fault anyone who comes off of these four games and then especially the historically ugly one last night and says, I, it's not that I would start the sell off right now. It's just that I don't believe that this team is going to be in a position to buy at the end of July. Hey, you want to make that argument? I, I don't know. I'm not going to push. I completely get it. I I mean, I'm going to be, you know, like a a part of Twitter is having fun and and joking around about stuff. So you've been you've been doing a bit of it. Uh, Hey, (laughs) folks, make sure you're following. It's at Sahadev Sharma on Twitter. He's he's been I wouldn't call it trolling necessarily. You're just like you're taking what people give you and having fun with it. And I, I appreciate that. Well, the, I mean, also the conspiracy theories about why haven't we seen a video about Jason Hayward's home run are <laughs> a little silly. It's like nobody's hiding anything from you, people. Like, it, it, like David Ross isn't in on a on a conspiracy theory here where he, you know, where he knows that it's fair, but but they've, you know, they've put the pressure on him to to admit that it was actually foul. And unless, <laughs> unless that's not David Ross. <laughs> 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 it just blown my mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some of this stuff is just having fun. Like th- that was a foul ball. I I didn't see it, and and that's why I asked him yesterday straight up. I'm like, did you see it? Because I could not see a, a video. There was no video for us to see that showed it was a foul ball. And I was a little surprised that both he and Hayward were so chill about it in post. Like they were just like. Yeah, that, you know, it was a foul ball, blah, blah, blah. That's the game, blah, blah, blah. It's frustrating, but that's what happened. And it's like, what? Like, that, I didn't see it. Like, it, the, the guy called it fair, and then they overturned it without replay, and then they went to replay and then confirmed it? I, I'm so confused. I didn't get it, right? It, and a lot of fans didn't get it, and I get that. But hearing Ross yesterday just flat out say it was foul, he said it multiple times in multiple different ways. Not like he was upset in any way. It was just it was very lighthearted, and he was like, "No, no, no, I saw it." He was like, "I was pissed off." Like he didn't maybe he didn't say pissed off, annoyed. Uh, Sunday morning, and and he ended up talking to Michael Hill, and and it's it, it was he saw video and he was convinced. He's like, "Yeah, that that's a foul ball." But I I under and I understand being annoyed because I think any like all the fans were, and I get that. Like we did not see like I was just annoyed because I'm like, "What is this? A national well, it broadcast?" It didn't help. Yeah, it did not help. <laughs> I'm sorry to to yeah. lay some shots here, but it did not help to have a national broadcast of that moment. And like the entire extent of discussion of that moment was like one replay of it. And Joe Buck saying, like it, oh, I can't see like, it. Whatever. Like it wasn't an entirely huge it was moment, like in the the moment of the game. It's seventh inning. And <laughs> the Cubs are desperate for runs, right? We've been watching this team just like struggle to score, get like they're scratching by. Every win is is just like so hard to come by right now. And it's like that's just that was a huge potential home run, right? 
and uh, I'm trying to remember the situation. It was seventh inning, correct? So, yeah. I mean, you change two, two. who – Yeah, and you change who you're pitching. Keegan Thompson isn't in the game in the ninth inning. No, it's 3-2 and it's Kimbrell coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different game. So well, they, they should have reviewed no Bellinger's. time on it, and it was like it, that. Yeah, so I get why fans were annoyed. It was like, come on, treat that with the. the it was a pretty big moment in a yeah. Cubs Dodgers game. Teams are like both of them were struggling at the time, and and it was just like there was no discussion about it. It was just like, yep, that happened. <laughs> oh well. Uh, um. All right. Well. Let's uh let's leave it there. That was I'm glad we got to that though cuz I mean you're right that sucked up a lot of oxygen. Uh was that Saturday? Yeah, it was the sa- it was cuz it was Fox's Saturday evening game. Yeah. Um and fair enough, I did eventually see and I don't know where I don't know if somebody snuck the video clip out of MLB central offices, but I did see a little clip where I think I probably could make out some pixels in the shape of a, a baseball going in front of that foul pole. But, um, <laughs> but without, without placing myself within the conspiracy theorist group, I do think it is odd that in these situations there isn't like, you know, just like tweet it out or something. You know, if you've got a definitive video. Yeah. Just no, I get that. There's frustration there at minimum. Like why, why do we have to even have this discussion? Just show us the clear. If you have clear evidence, just show it to us. It makes it so much easier for everyone. And it's like, yes, I, I agree with that. And I get that. And that that's, yeah, I want to see it too. Like that's, like I said, that's why I asked. But you know, I also want to see video of Bigfoot. And, uh, and I can, nobody's going to release that to me. So I guess we'll just let the conspiracy live on. The truth is out there. David Ross has been replaced by a skin bot. And he's, uh, you know, he's under control of the league. Michael and that's Hill just how it's, is, yeah. Michael Hill is. Pushing Michael buttons. Hill doesn't even exist. That's just a code. That's just a code. Like, oh, I talked to Michael Hill about that. And that's this, this code that we know that the, the Ross bot 3000 is operating correctly. Uh, all right. Well, folks. We will leave it there, and we thank you kindly for listening here uh, to Onto Waveland on the eve of a couple very big games against the Brewers. And we'll be back at you uh, later this week after that series when we can make good on our pledges to to say that we know a ton more on the basis of those games. You know what's going to happen? Like they'll play out in some way that we can't foresee right now that leaves us afterwards saying. You know, I really don't know. I <laughs> I don't know if they're going to we're going to we're going to have to wait and see. We'll <laughs> and just so, split because we both decided yeah, those, that two losses true. we both, and we two both more talked wins about two and two. We huge. didn't talk about the split. And a split like ah that doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it will go. Uh all right. So thank you folks for listening. Make sure you are uh you know subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Uh Give us a rating and a review. That's Sahadev Sharma. Get his stuff at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. We thank you kindly for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. 